The Way BK podcast is dedicated to pursuing and promoting a true understanding of Jesus Christ and the transformation he provides for all who submit to him to live in a way that is pleasing to God as revealed in the Bible. Let's join our hosts as they discuss The Way. All right, so in Mark chapter 8, in verse 34, Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow my way, you got to deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. What does it mean to take up your cross? Well, it means you got to die to yourself. And in Mark chapter 10, Jesus helps understand what that means. Because for the people in Jesus' day, oh, take up your cross. Well, that's actually how you would physically be killed. Mm. But Jesus, of course, speaking in a spiritual sense or the way... Uh, the Apostle Paul and others would talk about it, crucifying yourself, dying to your old self to become somebody new. And in Mark chapter 10, we've got a few stories, but two in particular we want to talk about today that help us see what it means to live a cross-shaped life, to be right. people that really take up the cross. And the first one is a discussion about a really sensitive, emotional, important subject, marriage and divorce. Not an easy thing to talk about. Not an easy thing to uh, preach about. But Jesus takes it head on. Yeah. Um, in Mark chapter 10, um, some of the Pharisees come up to question Jesus, verse 2, and test Jesus. They begin to question him whether it was lawful for a man to divorce a wife. And he answered and said to them, what did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. But Jesus said to them, because of your hardness of heart, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and the two shall become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. You can imagine that being a sermon that uh, left people wanting some more. Yeah. Uh, So later on in the house, the disciples start to question him about this. Hey, you know, what are you, what are you talking about, Jesus? And uh, he said, whoever divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she herself divorces her husband and marries another man, she is committing adultery. Some Just the, doubles down. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't explain it, doesn't Does, make it softer, doesn't make it nicer. Actually makes it stronger, yeah, right? Like, exactly. wow. Like, uh, not the top verses you'll find quoted uh, today, you know. Not a lot of Instagram posts with that one. Definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. What are we to take from this? Oh, well, and I think this fits right in, right? I had a recent conversation with somebody, and they were talking about some, some matters of discipleship, and they were talking about basically some personal life. And they're like, I get how we need to do this when it comes to religious stuff, but in this arena, it's harder for me. And I was like, I get that. I think it's, e- like, it's really easy to think that way. But then I, I, my response is, I think what Jesus teaches us is all this stuff is religious stuff. Mm-hmm. And for instance, right here in marriage, what does take up the cross mean? It means you stay faithful to your spouse. Mm. Even if you don't like them very much, even if you fell out of love, even if they changed, even if you changed, even if whatever, you stay faithful. And in that way, you're sacrificing yourself because this is what God wants. God doesn't want divorces. God is bringing two people together. Jesus says it's actually wrong to rip apart a human life, and that's what a marriage is. It's a new human life where two have become one. And, of course, if you rip apart a human life, you're killing something or someone that God has put together, and that's what makes it wrong. And that may be difficult in some cases, um, and that's not due to us. Right. They were asking about it. Clearly it was difficult for them. If you're going to take up your cross, that means you have to die to your will. That means you have to die to your interests. That means you have to die to your wishes. That means you have to die to what you think is best right. and say, well, God, if you said this is best, I'm going to do it. Right. 
take up the cross, Jesus says. Live a cross-shaped life. And when he, when he says take up the cross daily and follow after me, he's indicating the kind of life that this is going to involve, which is denial of self-centered desires. Yep. Um, and you think about this, like, what is it that causes divorce? Selfishness. Yeah. Pride. Uh, a desire for, for, for my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it that leads people to commit adultery? What is it that leads to immorality? What is it to lead? Well, I, this isn't working out for me. It's about my happiness. Jesus is saying, no, the way to find true joy, the way to find true life is through losing your life, losing your, your focusing not on your own happiness, but on, on pleasing the Lord and doing his will. And divorce is one of those things where Jesus makes it very clear, hey, if you're going to follow, if you're going to follow the Lord, then you're going to have to learn what it means to be committed. And one of the ways that you learn to be committed to God is through being committed to your spouse and being faithful to your spouse until the end. Yep. So take up your cross. And one way Jesus talks about that is in the context of marriage. Another um, day-to-day kind of context Jesus uses to talk about taking up your cross is when it comes to money. Mm. Um, We'll skip over verses 13 through 16 for now. I think we've talked about uh, some of the lessons there in 13 through 16 and other conversations. But looking at verse 17... As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? This is pretty cool. This guy's respectful. He's spiritual. He knows something about Jesus. Great. But Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one's good except God alone. Jesus kind of saying, hint, hint. Remember who you're talking to here. (laughs) You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. By the way, uh, no one's good except God alone. And you already know some stuff that God had to say about what good thing you should do to inherit eternal life. So the man says, teacher, I've kept all these from my youth. Man, this guy's devout. He's a pretty good guy. And right. Jesus doesn't say, come on, man, no, you haven't. He doesn't respond that way. Jesus seems to accept it. Okay, great. And looking at him, Jesus, um, the, the, I'm reading from the NASB 20 today. It says Jesus showed love to him. I think others say he felt compassion felt for him. Felt a love for him. Felt yeah. a love for him, which obviously Jesus loved everybody, but there's something special about this guy. So we right. think this guy's pretty special. Jesus did too. Then Jesus said to him, One thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But he was deeply dismayed by these words, and he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. Mm. Taking up the cross, what do we learn from the story with the rich young ruler? Well, it's more than just keeping the, the basic commandments. Right. And in fact, um, the heart behind the commandments is what God wants, you know? Um, so here's here's a guy who can who could who who has the checklist religion. You know, mm-hmm. I go to synagogue. I, I don't steal. I don't murder. I don't I don't commit adultery. I don't bear false witness. But actually, in his heart, he's longing for something else. Yeah. In his heart, he, he he's in love with something else. I don't know about you. I imagine it probably wasn't until that conversation with Jesus. I imagine this man's lived his entire life thinking that he truly was in love with God. That God was his number one priority. That he really was faithful to God and that he was doing God's work. But there's something within him that's like, hey, maybe there could be something lacking. Right. I mean, he asked the right question. Because he knew there's something. I mean, he had the question, mm-hmm. what shall I do? Mm-hmm. I've already been doing all that stuff, but there's right. still something missing. Right. And then, even after Jesus gives him the list, he says, what else? There's right. got to be something else. Like, he knew, to your point. Right. And for the first time in his life, I assume, he's, he's finally can see it, that actually... 
you know what? There is that one thing that I lack that I'm unwilling to give up. Think about this. Jesus is saying, hey, come follow me. You can have me. You can have a relationship with God. You can have everything you've been dreaming of. You can have eternal life. And there's only one thing standing in your way. That's right. Man, if it was one thing for me, I'd be, that'd be great, I yeah. think. Maybe yeah. not. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> true. True. For some of us, it may be more than one. Yeah. Thing. But Jesus said, just one thing. Let it go. And he walks away sad. Right. Realizing for the first time in his life that actually his wealth, his possessions, his money, his desire for that was more important to him than actually his desire for the Lord. Yep. About as sad as it gets, man. Yeah, and, and it, this is the real-life version of what it means to take up your cross. Right. Take up your cross. I mean, there's a lot of really spiritual, religious people who are divorcing their spouses and come up with some pretty creative, I want to say biblical, it's not a biblical argument, arguments from the Bible right. to defend that. Right. But ultimately, it's like, well, I don't know. You're really having to turn yourself all in knots to defend this divorce. Right. When it's pretty plain what Jesus has to say here. Right. And you may be religious, you go to all the prayer meetings, you you read your Bible every day, you listen to gospel music only, you know, all that kind of stuff, great. But you're not denying yourself. Right. Because there's one thing that Jesus says, you're like, I can't abide that. I can't go with that. I can't agree with Jesus on that. Right. Well, then you haven't taken up your cross. You have not died to yourself. You're still the one on the throne. You're still the one running That's the right. show. That's Same right. thing with this money deal with the rich young ruler. Great guy. Obviously well-respected by all. Jesus even has some kind of special thing for him. Right. But there's this one thing. And if there's any one thing left, really what that shows is the one thing in both of these cases, it's not really the marriage that's the one thing. It's not really the money that's the one thing. It's me. It's the self. That's it's me. Exactly right. Me is the problem when it comes to following Jesus. And that's why Jesus says, if anyone wants to follow after me, deny yourself take up your cross, and then you can follow me. That's right. But that's what it takes. Well, and I think this teaches us something really important about the denial of self and what it means to take up your cross. Um, you know, if I, only, if I only obey God when I agree with God, right. then what does that say about me? You know, I could keep a lot of God's commandments and be faithful to a lot of the things that the Lord has said um, because I actually think they're right. Like, yeah. they're wise. These are good, you yeah. know. The real test of my character and the real test of whether or not I'm willing to submit to, to Jesus as Lord and follow in his way is will I, will I trust him enough to obey him when I don't agree, when it doesn't make sense. You know, I'm sure the rich young ruler could come up with 101 reasons as to why he thinks it would be better to hold on to his wealth um, than, than to give it up. But Jesus said, give it up. One thing you lack, go and sell it and, and, and you'll have treasures in heaven to come follow me. And, and, and I think the question I need to be asking myself is, do I read God's word in such a way that um, I'm I, that I'm you know overlooking the things that I disagree with, and I just you know th the the Thomas Jefferson way was to cut out the parts sure. of the Bible I didn't like. You know, is that the way I read the Bible? Where there's a lot of this. This is really good. I really like this. This is this is kind of like a self help book. You know, the ways that it really benefits me, and I agree. And God gives me this wisdom. You know, I'm going to obey that. But then the things that that I disagree with, you know, eh, I'll pass on that. Jesus says no. Like, this is what it means. If you want to follow me, you give it all up. Yep, yep. And you used, I think I heard you say a really important word in that, and that is do I trust. Right. Do I trust. That's right. Because that's ultimately, after this, the disciples are sort of like, uh, 
we, we ain't got no chance. <laughs> well, if that guy's not making because Jesus says it's really hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom right. of, of God, which is probably a lot of reasons why they probably thought rich people were actually a lot closer to the kingdom than further away and all this when we get into all that. But I really like verse 27, verse 26, after he says this. They were even more astonished, and they said to him, then who can be saved? Right. Guy like this, right. well-respected, wealthy, respectful, right. um, very spiritually minded, keeps the commandments. Right. If somebody like that's not being saved, who can be saved? Looking at them, Jesus said, with people it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. Right. And that person who's, for instance, in a marriage that they just think is never going to work out, it's never going to get better, it's always going to be torture. Well, with people that's probably true. Right. But if you live your marriage in a way that's cross-shaped, if you live your marriage in a way where you're denying yourself and taking up your cross, and I don't just mean sticking in it, but also right. doing what Ephesians 5 and Colossians 3 and 1 Peter 3 and Titus 2 has to say, you know, really following the way of Jesus on this. Right. Well, with people it's impossible. With God all things are possible. Amen. The person who needs to give up their money, that their money is really the thing that's their God, it's the thing that's really controlling them. And by the way, while Jesus didn't tell everybody they need to sell everything, and that's true, and people often point that out, my usual rule of thumb is if your first thought on this uh, passage is, whew, I'm glad Jesus didn't tell me to give up all my money, right. then maybe you need to give up quite a bit more of your money than you are, you right. know, because maybe you're a lot more like the rich young ruler, perhaps. But if I, I may think, oh, it's not possible to live that way. Well, with people it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. And maybe in general, whatever it is, I look at myself and I say, I don't think I can overcome myself. Mm. I'm too much. I'm too bad. I'm too proud. Whatever. Okay, look. If you stay in the way with you, yeah, it's impossible for you to serve Jesus. Mm. But if you trust God enough mm. to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him, with God, all things are possible. Amen. Amen. And that's really what this comes down to. Do I trust God enough to say, hey, I'm going to do it your way, and I'm going to trust that you're going to make it possible for me to be faithful to you and to follow you? Or am I going to insist on doing this my way? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to seek a fulfilling life. I'm going to seek for life in my own my own way. Jesus says the key to saving your life is lose it. Yeah. Lay down your life, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. That's a hard thing to trust unless you know the person who's asking you to do it. Yep. And maybe we'll end right here with what Jesus had to say. Peter, in response to this, said, Hey, we have left everything and followed you. And Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there's no one who has... And I'll just say as a preface to our conversation from what we've been talking about, there's no one who has taken up the cross and followed him. No one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake, but such that he will receive a hundred times as much now in the present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. Jesus asks us to lay it all down now, but he promises to give it back tenfold in the end. And that's the real promise. The real, the real, the real joy is that Jesus is the treasure yep. worth laying down every earthly treasure for. Um, and uh, if we'll lay it down, we'll have him for all eternity. Yep. If we live a cross-shaped life now, We'll have a Christ-filled life forever. Amen. So let's follow him. Let's do what it takes to take up your cross. If we can help you in any way to figure out what that would mean in your life or just to get the strength and the encouragement to actually do it, reach out. Let us know. We hope this helps you as it's helping us. And uh, God bless you as you keep seeking after the way of Jesus. 
The aim of The Way BK is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ across Brooklyn and beyond. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.thewaybk.com.